Switched on on FM 104 and we're joined by Luke Delaney from News. Hello. Louise, how's things? Good. And we got the announcement last night that Eileen Gleeson is going to take over for the, the Republic of Ireland manager. Yeah, and obviously a bit of a whirlwind of emotions, I think, for everyone involved with the Irish team at the start when Eileen was named interim manager at the time. She had actually ruled herself out of taking the job on a permanent basis. So I think everyone was looking a bit further afield, seeing what other options could be had. We know that the FAI said that they were doing an extensive process of looking for the right candidate from all across the globe. But, you know, after a, a terrific UEFA Nations League campaign, Eileen Gleeson led them to six wins from six. And I don't think anyone can be disappointed with that. And I'm personally really, really happy for her. And I think she's brilliant for women's football in Ireland. What do you think changed for her? Was it all the wins, do you think? It could be, but she actually came out today and said that it was while they were playing in Albania a couple of weeks ago. The rain was lashing down. I remember the game was actually postponed for over an hour before kickoff. It was one of them awful days out, wet, windy. And Denise O'Sullivan popped up late on to score the winner. And she said that that moment when she was standing on the sideline in the lashing rain in Albania, she said something just clicked in her. It was like, you know, I put my my name in the ring a couple of times and I was turned down twice before. And she said it always mattered on when the right timing was for her to put her name back in that hat again. And she said just as she was standing there, she felt like that this is her moment and this is her chance to, to shine. Yeah, because I'd say it can be quite difficult to kind of keep trying for a job that they keep saying no to. Exactly, yeah. And then when you're brought in on an interim basis, maybe a lot of people might be like, right now, this is your chance to show it. So I'm not sure if she didn't want to be getting her hopes up as such, or maybe she didn't realise how well she'd get on with the players, how much she's Mm -hmm. adored from Irish footballing fans and the dressing room alike. So I think it must be a combination of a lot of things. And it's definitely great for for the future of Irish football, as I said. 100%. So obviously she's been doing it since August. What has she kind of brought since she's taken on the role? I think the main thing is togetherness. We saw after that World Cup campaign, obviously a historic moment for women's football in Ireland, even getting to that stage, but slightly overshadowed perhaps by some whispers of some going on behind the scene. I know we touched on it a couple of months ago when we were speaking, and I think that togetherness that really brought the Irish team to the World Cup seemed to fall a little bit apart under Vera Powell at the end of her tenure. So for me, looking in, that seems to be the main thing. There's also a load of new talent that has come in that perhaps didn't get a chance under Vera and maybe had a bit of a different relationship with her. And Eileen's just given everyone a, a clean slate and let them really work their way up. And now the squad looks even stronger than ever. We're playing better football. We're absolutely hockeying teams, which is great as an Irish football fan. Mm. Not used to it maybe on the men's <laughs> side. So it's, it's great to see that. Uh, coming through and you know they're playing fantastic football we've got the Euros in 2025 and if things go that the way they're going there's no reason why we won't be able to go on and put on a great show there and really show European football that Irish football is on the rise and will continue to rise So what's next for them then? For the women what's next for them it's going to be uh, the campaign will start now in the new year so they're going to have a, a tough group to get out of but there's no reason why they can't and I think if that last Nations League campaign saw anything we're in the Nations League you're meant to be drawn against teams of your level as such and you know we, we blew everyone away with them six wins out of six put a lot of goals on the scoreboard we were very very compact on the back at the on the other side of things so what's next for them then is getting ready for this Euro qualifying mm-hmm. campaign and making sure that we keep that momentum going I think and that's the main thing but you know if, anything, if that Nations League has taught us anything it's that we're more than happy to put it up to these teams and that we're actually able for that next step Absolutely and to look at the men's team as well I don't think it was any surprise to most people that Stephen Kenny's contract wasn't renewed No it wasn't and I think it really was a sign of just 
at the very end, it was a very bitter moment for Stephen. I think a lot of people really wanted him to do well. Mm. They wanted him to succeed. He's an Irish footballing man, so passionate about the job. And I think for a lot of Irish fans, they saw maybe a bit of themselves in Stephen Kenny, wanting to play good football, wanting to give League of Ireland the and the grassroots a chance to show on the biggest stage. And, you know, Stephen did a lot of good for Ireland and bringing through so much young players. And it's a very inexperienced team at the time. And whoever comes in, takes that job, you know, they could end up reaping the rewards of what Kenny put down. And he really did lay the foundations and the blocks there. But unfortunately, he isn't the man for this time. Do you think if he had had more time, it would have been different? I think... Perhaps not. I think maybe the ship had sailed. I, okay. You saw maybe towards the end, I was in the stadium for the Netherlands match and from the outset, Stephen Kenny was always heavily, heavily backed by your ultra-Irish fans. You want to go home and away to every game. And in the past, when managers weren't really getting the results that we thought we, maybe we warranted, there was a lot of very hostile fans and some hostility after the games. Stephen never, ever got that, no matter what the result was. But that Netherlands match, which pretty much put a nail in the coffin of our qualification hopes, mm. you could feel some boos, you could feel the tension around. And it wasn't almost anger. It was that sheer disappointment of not kicking on from perhaps where we thought we were even 18 months ago. We looked like we were making some progress. And I think the progress halted. And maybe a new style, some freshening up of the, of the backroom team, of himself, and even for the players to get someone else that can perhaps take them on to a new level on the international scene was what pushed it in the end. Is there names that are being thrown around for a replacement yet? So in terms of names, there seems to be a different name thrown in to the hat every single day. It started off perhaps with Lee Carsley. He's uh, the England under-21 manager, obviously just won the Euros with them. And the only thing on the flip side is that he doesn't quite have the experience at senior management level, despite being a, a fully capped Irish international during his playing days. Another name that's been thrown into the hat is Anthony Barry. He was Stephen Kenny's assistant manager for a year. He's currently the Bayern Munich assistant coach, the Portuguese national team assistant coach. And, you know, these are all names that could be way better and maybe the calibre of coaches these players need because, as I said before, if there was the old FEI as such, if they were looking to bring someone in, they might be looking for someone that has a, a big name, attracts a lot of sponsorships, gets a bit of a whirlwind in the media and they would have probably chose someone like Roy Keane or Damien Duff to get people talking but I think this time they're going to have to carefully pick his successor here now and it's going to be a vital couple of weeks but you know we have internationals again now in March and you can't really be going into them without a manager and even for the stability of the FAI I think that they do need to act quick Absolutely and they'd need to give the new person time to kind of settle in and get some sort of momentum going as well I'm assuming Exactly and at the end of the day they're going to need a blooding period and you know no one's going to really hit the ground running straight away and no. almost get these players playing straight away and winning games 3-4-0 putting it up to the biggest nations but what we do want we want to be competitive we want to be able to put it up to nations of our own standards you know we saw us lose home and away to Greece during the last qualifying campaign and times before we were losing to the likes of Luxembourg having difficult games against Gibraltar with Ireland we're nowhere near that level normally so we need someone to bring us back up where we can maybe go punch for punch with some of these bigger nations and pull off some shock wins but we need to be able to beat the teams that are at our level and if, if we're not going to be doing that we're not going to qualify for anything anytime soon Yeah, It would be nice to see us winning again to be fair It, it would I, I'm way too young to remember any sort of successful Irish team <laughs> at this stage I'm, I'm afraid but um, I'd love nothing more than to see us even get into Euros like we did in 2016. Like, you remember the buzz around the place yeah, then, the win really over does. Italy, and it was fantastic. And something like that needs to happen because 
the appetite for Irish football, it's only going to decrease and decrease and decrease around the country if we don't manage to get back to winning ways and get people talking about Irish football. 100%. Luke Delaney from News, thank you so much for chatting to us. Brilliant, Louise. Thanks so much.